Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Woods. Putting STEM into every classroom, every day. Well, in this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast, I'm excited to chat with Leslie Edmonds. She is a teacher of the visually impaired and assistive technology professional in Sonoma County, California. Welcome to the show, Leslie. Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here. I am so excited to have Leslie here to share just some of the things that she's doing with her students who have some visual impairments and and also maybe just to give everybody some ideas of what to do and how to engage every kid with STEM and STEAM. And whether they have some sort of uh, big disability, small disability, whether it's visual impairment or not, there are things in STEM that, that can really help in so many ways. So, um, Leslie, just, just welcome to the show. And, and if you could tell just a little bit about uh, your background, how'd you end up in education, especially in uh, working with visually impaired kids? Yeah, so I have been around visual impairment my whole life. I'm 50 and my mom had a visual impairment. So I think when you talk to people who are in special education, you might find that there's a story behind everything. Mm -hmm. And so my mom had some vision issues and I ended up after graduate school working at Guide Dogs for the Blind, which I loved. Oh, yeah. And I started doing a couple of events with kids with visually impaired kids. And I said, oh my gosh, this is where I need to be. So I went back to school again (laughs) and got a master's in visual impairment and started teaching. And I have never looked back and I'm so glad I did it. Yeah, it's it's exciting just as as myself, a teacher, I love to be able to just connect with those kids and help those kids and encourage them like you said, your, your story is personal because you had somebody in your family that had a visual impairment and um, that can give us that, that, that empathy for kids with what they're struggling with. That's right. I, I just, I remember going to the store with my mom and people were so frustrated with her because she had trouble like writing a check. And so the person behind her would, you know, (sighs) are like, can we move along? And just, that kind of reaction, I wanted to build empathy. And so we're building empathy with young learners. And when you have a student with visual impairment in a classroom, all the other kids can learn from that student. That's awesome. So if you want to connect with Leslie, you can find her on Twitter at VisionTechSVCS. That's kind of short for services because your website is VisionTechServices.com. And and that's where you also provide some different help. And and you're actually working with people all around the world. Is that right? Yeah. I, so there's a real big shortage of teachers with visual impairments right now in the Hmm. United States. I'm in California. There's a shortage in California. There's a shortage in rural areas across the U S and there's a huge shortage globally. So with tools like zoom that we're on right now, connect with people all over the world. And this morning I was working with someone in Ghana and we're just going over resources. And it's just amazing to be able to sit down with someone across the world and talk about the same thing. We're just trying to help kids with visual impairments, get resources. And we were working on some braille and how figuring out how to get them the best technology. Yeah. That happened this morning with someone in Ghana. Yeah. 
it's it's amazing <laughs> it's, it's it's amazing how connected we are in this world and it, and it's a great reminder for all of us as teachers that if there's someone maybe in your class that's struggling with something uh, reach out find somebody find some resources somewhere because that kid is so worth it that kid every kid in your classroom is worth it and whatever we can do to help any and every kid that's that's going to make a difference and again if you especially if you have a kid that's maybe dealing with some sort of a visual impairment find Leslie on, on Twitter and and she's also at the same time sharing some really neat stuff when she comes across it that might be of interest to you or to your classroom. And that's why I love the resources that we have on Twitter and when we are doing STEM activities and you know I'm I don't have a math degree. I don't have any experience with biology, chemistry and I need help. And mm-hmm. I go to I go to Twitter and people are so responsive and they're so helpful you included, you at the top of the list. And just to get help on something I'm working on or I'm trying to adapt something and I'm not really sure where to go with it. I just mm-hmm. find the resources out there are amazing and people are so helpful and we're all just trying to help kids and it's yep. a really nice world out there. Right. And and again, um, I've met Leslie on Twitter and just uh, not that long ago, you asked me a question. You were saying, hey, help me. I'm trying to make these giant bubbles with my kids, but yes. it's... it's it's hot and it's humid out and my bubbles are popping. You know, how, how do I fix this? How do I do this? And power of Twitter, uh, you're able to connect and find, find some people with some ideas and, and hopefully those bubbles were, were, were working. So it was amazing. It was amazing. And you did help me. And it was wild because people were like, oh, these bubbles are doing great. I'm like, well, I got a recipe and some help on Twitter this morning. That was like a page long explanation of how the heat affects the bubbles. And it worked. And it was incredible. Yep. And again, that's that's the power of having that professional learning network, having having other people that you know and meet. And, and people are willing to help. Teachers understand the value of helping each other out. By the way, Leslie, you chatted a moment ago, you, you mentioned something about Braille. And I think that's probably the first thing that comes to everybody's minds when they talk about or think about visual impairment. So Braille is still used all the time, right? It is. And, you know, in fact, it's a small population that actually uses Braille. So visual impairment can be somebody with low vision or someone who is completely blind. There's a lot in between. So we Mm -hmm. do have people who are learning Braille, but we also have students who are using assistive technology, who are low vision, who use large print. So there's really kind of a, a big spectrum in there. But Braille is really important to literacy, so we really want to emphasize Braille. Yeah. Now, I know that just recently, Lego has mentioned that they're going to be uh, providing some some Braille-based Legos. Is, do you see that as something that could be really helpful and popular with kids? Yeah, I use Legos all the time. So I am a self-proclaimed Lego junkie. Okay. I have been using uh, 3D-printed Braille Legos for a while now. So yeah. we have a technology specialist who works with us. And he, I was having a struggling reader, struggling Braille reader, and he printed out some 3D Braille Legos. Yeah. Said, hey, give these a shot, you know, play-based. And I brought them in and it was like a miracle. And we just did a lot of fun activities with it. I do Lego coding. We make mazes. And okay. you have to code your way through, so it's very tactile and hands-on. Oh, yeah. 
And the Lego girls, I use the Lego characters a lot. So I do um, use voices for the different characters. Of yeah. the Good. <laughs> Maybe I get into it a little bit too much as people pass us if we're working in the hallway. I do get a head turn or two, like, what is she doing? Is she really that's okay, but you're connecting with you're <laughs> connecting with the kids, you're making memories, and and that's really what is really gonna um, make a make a big impact on those kids. So 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 Braille is still used, you're still I mean, because I think most people think of Braille as that you know, long ago, that was, that was all we had, but now we've got computers and technology and that should be able to replace all of Braille, right? Well, for Braille literacy, uh, just the research shows that there's better employment opportunities for people who read Braille and, Mm -hmm. you know, what happens when your technology goes down or you're in a place where you don't have access to it. We would just want to have those skills for our students. That sounds like the same thing that I say to my kids when, when they're like, well, I'm always going to have a calculator. Uh, You have to, you have to know those, those basic skills in a lot of those things. So uh, are there some, some really neat kind of things that that computers and technology are, are able to do to help with visually impaired students or other? I mean, it really has been a game changer and so when I started in working with students with visual impairments, we didn't have as much technology. Now voiceover is when you pick up your phone, you can talk and into a text yep. and have it sent. Well, for someone who's visually impaired, that's amazing. Oh voiceover yeah. Is part of Mac products. There's accessibility options on Chromebooks. It's really universal design is really taking off. And it is such a help to our students. I don't know what we would do without a smartphone. Yeah. So many of our kids use smartphones to get around and they have maps that talk to them. There we go. Talk into their phone and say, where is the nearest Pete's Coffee or where is the nearest bus stop? And the map will talk back to them and tell them where to go or Artificial intelligence, oh my gosh. So you can point your phone in a, in a direction of a can on the shelf and it'll uh-huh. read the label to you. Oh, and wow. It's promoting independence for children, for adults. It's just really incredible what's going on now. That's, that's amazing. And, and just thinking through some of those ideas, those examples that you shared, Leslie. And again, we're chatting with Leslie Edmonds. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Vision Tech SVCS. Just thinking of some of those examples, I could imagine maybe some of the kids in your classroom saying, you know, what could we do to, what are some ideas that we could come up with that could help somebody in our community who has difficulty with, or maybe there's somebody that's elderly at a a retirement home or whatever that's dealing with some of those things that that maybe those people at that um, nursing home aren't trained to work with. Those kids could be trying out those apps and then going and sharing with those those elderly people teaching them, you know, whereas they didn't grow up with that technology. That's right. And I love when I hear from students or from classes where they've designed something in their makerspace mm-hmm. that's geared towards someone with disabilities, or they have an idea. Uh, you know, there was the boy, I think he was, gosh, I want to say he was 11 years old, and he made an embosser out of Legos okay. for printing Braille. I was like, oh my gosh, where where's this coming from? But that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's classes all over who will do challenges and work on accessible materials. And I love that they're doing that. And yeah. I call upon them. I, I put it out there and say, you know, I'm looking for a stand for an iPad so a person can scan 
my student, it's too heavy for them to hold an iPad. Is there anybody out there who can come up with a design for me? Yeah. Print or make out of PVC pipe. Right. Lo and behold, the ideas come back. Yeah. And those are great examples of real, um, when we talk about project-based learning, having, oh, yeah. having, having something that's not just, I made it because the teacher told me to, but making something that has a purpose, making that's something right. that actually helps people. And then to be able to present that to them is, is so uh, empowering to those kids. It is. Um, it's magical. Oh, oh yeah. And, and then the, the looks and the joy on the faces and the, and the thanks and everything is, is incredible. Um, and, and you may have changed that person's life, the whole trajectory of what they're, what they're going to do and accomplish in this world. Right. How about, I know VR and AR are huge new things in the educational world. Uh, how are those being used with uh, assistive technology? Well, you know, I was in um, Austin at South by Southwest yep. and I was checking out the, the new innovative products. And I came upon a AR VR geared towards early learners. And so I tried on the headset and I said, hmm, you know what? This isn't really going to work too well for kids with low vision. Mm -hmm. Is there any way that we could work together and come up with larger font, bolder colors? And lo and behold, we worked together for about a year. Yeah. They ended up coming out to California and working with some of my students and oh, wow. classroom. And we really, it was a lot of feedback. It was, they were so receptive to making their AR VR accessible. It was incredible just having the menus accessible, more audio feedback, and they really did an incredible job. It's Disrupted is the name of the group. And okay. they were really making headway on making their AR VR accessible. Cool. Disrupt Ed. And we'll have that um, link, link to some of their information in the show notes, as well as ways to connect with Leslie, especially if you have an idea uh, to be able to share with Leslie or asking Leslie, hey, what could I do to help some of your students or uh, anything, anything like that? Uh, that collaboration is, is so exciting, especially that's a huge part of what, what we're really trying to get at with STEM and with STEAM to get kids to collaborate, uh, whether it's in their own classroom or outside that classroom. Absolutely. I, you know, when I first started teaching, I, I literally walked into a classroom and my student was sitting in the corner when there was a hands-on hands activity going on. Yep. And you're just was like, well, you know, Johnny can't participate. What do you mean Johnny can't participate? You're doing hands-on learning. Who's better than someone with a visual impairment for hands-on right. learning? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's do this. Let's, figure out how we can participate. So let's adapt some materials and be not afraid. Let's, let's get in there and get yeah. the tools he needs. So it's a lot of education and, and a lot of just giving teachers confidence that learners can participate in STEM activities. And it just might take a little bit of tweaking, a little creativity, but we can do it and come yeah. up with some creative ideas. Well, and like you said, you just went up to those people. You were trying on that, you know, that VR AR headset, and you're like, "This doesn't quite work for my kids." And so you you spoke up. You didn't just say, "Oh, I'm just going to walk to the next booth and see what else is there and go get a coffee." Yeah. Instead, you said, "Hey, how can I help? I can I can share my thoughts." And you ended up with a great collaboration opportunity uh, with them, and and they ended up with a way better product because of it. That's right, and they're on the leading edge of universal design for AR VR. 
So it just worked out just from talking, just from getting to know each other and being accepting and being receptive to ideas. That's awesome. Now, what kind of, uh, Leslie, what kind of different activities have you been able to do with some of your students? Because you also do teach some some STEM and STEAM activities. What, what kind of things do those kids love? Well, you know, the 3D printing has been amazing for my students. Mm-hmm. So we can have an activity. So say, for instance, you get the dreaded worksheet, the dreaded mm-hmm. two-dimensional worksheet that right. has symbols or different animals on it or some kind of chart. And my student is like, Hmm, I have no idea what's on there. So what we can do is we can create 3d manipulatives and get them to our student. There you go. As soon as the student gets it, of course, everyone in the class wants to be on that student's team (laughs) table because (laughs) the worksheet has come to life now. So now we have, tactile learning. And so all the kids want to participate. So it's really great to have that happen. And just even laser cutting machines, those have been really great to make tactile representations and just having local makerspaces be supportive of us and having Mm -hmm. our own equipment to be able to make three-dimensional or tactile representation of things that used to be two-dimensional. Yeah. And, and to be able to custom do them for this unit is on, you know, the bones of the human body. So let's, let's laser cut a set of, you know, the bones of the human body. Exactly. It's a real, I get it. Great experience to bring that into the classroom and have everyone just kind of crowd around a student who may have been excluded in the past. And now they're just like the most popular thing because they got the cool tools. Right. And in fact, that's a good reminder for all of us as educators. We probably should be doing that to help engage all those kids even better. I mean, that's put, yeah. putting it, putting it real, taking it from the worksheet and taking it into real life. That's, I mean, that's what we need to be preparing our students for. That's right. It is a great lesson and, and everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. We want our learners to be happy out there. So. Yeah. And if you as a teacher maybe don't understand, you know, how to 3D print or how to use a laser cutter, or maybe you don't have one obviously in your classroom, but maybe the high school does in your district. That's or right. those teachers are often looking for some projects to have their kids do, something that is real, something that can that can really help out some other kids. I, I think that's a that's a great idea for any teacher to just, just look around, look at your local ISD. Uh, or, or wherever, anything you can do to, to get some of those things into the hands of kids. And we do a lot of our prints. I say that I'm designing, I'm really our, our assistive technology yep. doing that, but everything's open source. So if you can find your local makerspace or your local library and say, Hey, is there any way we can print off this for Monday? Yep. I think they're going to say it's okay. That's awesome. awesome. Working together and then you're making more relationships and the network is building. Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Again, again, chatting with Leslie Edmonds and she works with the visually impaired and with assistive technology. Again, you can find her on Twitter at vision tech SVCS, especially if you've got some questions or you come across a neat thing to share with her. Uh, I'm sure she'd love to see those great ideas as well. What do you hope that, that STEM education looks like as we keep going on into the future, Leslie? You know, I, I would love to have STEAM for all, STEM, yeah. STEAM for all, I, yeah. all learners, all abilities, 
young learners, English language learners, students with disabilities, everyone working together, collaborating, and have it be just no big deal that we just go from the beginning and universal design and accessible materials and just have that kind of be the standard. Yeah. Just having tools for educators. I think that's a big thing too, is that I know that as a new teacher, I've seen new teachers be very nervous when they have someone come into their space and, oh my gosh, we're going to be using a paper cutter today or <laughs> a yeah. cutter or the hot glue gun. And, and I understand that. And it's just, it's okay. It's okay to be nervous, but there is help out there and there's resources and let's empower the kids and empower the educators. So you have the confidence to yeah. include all learners. Yeah, that's some great advice. And again, we want to see STEM and STEAM not be just this siloed part of education. We want it to be incorporated in everything that those kids do. That's right. It's everywhere, everywhere, every day. Yeah, so that's a, another no big deal. It's okay. STEM, STEM every day. That sounds like a good phrase. I, I should. <laughs> I think I, I might have stolen that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should uh, start a podcast called the STEM Every Day Podcast. <laughs> Something like that. Where did I get that from? Yeah, um, I, I'm sure I did. I didn't make up either of those words. I just slapped, slapped the two of those words together. Um, together. I did yeah. a, a shameless plug in there for you. I, I appreciate that, Leslie. Everybody can subscribe to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Thank you. Um, now, Leslie, um, a, a fun final question I love asking everybody. If you could have somebody from STEM, past or present, uh, come and be a guest speaker in your classroom to just really just impact those kids? Who, who would you love to have? Well, so that's, that's really interesting. So just for my own personal opinion, yep. I would love to have the guys who wore togos at, at or is that what it's called? The, the, the robes and they talked about astronomy, like Galileo and back <laughs> in the day where they were on the steps of, of, Parthenon. I don't even know if yep. I'm using the right words. Yep. But like, what was the dialogue going on there? Was there like flat earth people versus round earth people? Was there debate going on? I'd like to just have them come in and kind of yeah. talk the language that they were doing. Oh. <laughs> I just would always love that. But I think for, for modern day, there's Dr. Nemeth who created uh, math braille uh -huh. called Nemeth Code. And okay. he, he was visually impaired and came up with his own Braille code for upper level math, which to me is just mind blowing and genius. Yeah. And to see what, what happened, what did you do to create this incredible code that we're still using and how did you do it? I just yeah. would like to sit down with him and have a couple of my students and a cup of yeah. coffee and ask Dr. Nemeth how on earth he did that. It, to me, it's just, yeah. And, and I'm thinking that some of those kids that get to listen to someone like that would say, wow, what could I make? What could I do that, that yeah. helps, helps, you know, forever, uh, the kids, the adults, everybody in this world. And it was really in, out of necessity. So necessity brought the invention and a new code for, for math. Yeah. Having a visually impaired person do upper level math is a mind blowing concept in itself. Yeah. All the time. That's awesome. That's awesome. Very, very cool. I love hearing uh, the, the new people, the new ideas as everybody shares uh, their answer to that question. It gives us all a chance to learn about somebody new. 
And um, it could be very inspiring for us and for our students as well. Um, Leslie, any other last thoughts here? Uh, any, any other things, last advice that you'd love to just share? You know, I just am so thankful for everyone who has helped me out there in Twitterverse. Mm -hmm. And I just appreciate the collaboration and I look forward to hearing from people. And if you, anybody has any questions, we're here to help. We want to help people and anybody at any time can reach out. Yeah. More than happy to send a message back or give some ideas and we can yeah. collaborate. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I'm sure everybody out there listening uh, appreciates that, Leslie, as well. So, and again, I want to say thank you to Leslie Edmonds for joining us on this episode of the STEM Everyday Podcast. It's, it's just been great chatting with you, Leslie, and, and all, the best, all the best to you and to all of your students that you're just um, opening up a new world for. Oh, my gosh. And thank you so much for all that you do for my students. It's so oh. Very much appreciated. Yeah, well, I'm glad to help. Uh, again, you can find Leslie at Vision Tech SVCS on Twitter or at VisionTechServices.com. She's got some resources there to be able to point you in some directions that, that might help you or some of your students. Again, you can find me on Twitter at DailySTEM or at DailySTEM.com. You can subscribe to the STEM Everyday Podcast, leave a review, find it on your favorite podcast app, and we'll talk to you again next time. You're listening to this podcast on the ESDAC Broadcasting Network. To find more information about this or other podcast shows, please visit RemarkableChatter.com. Yes. <laughs>